You're listening to the Wellington Hustle Interview Project, showcasing Wellington's entrepreneurs, sharing their experiences to inspire your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you for joining me. I'm Tim Morrison. Hey there, it's Tim here, back again with another Wellington Hustle Interview Project episode. Sorry for the amount of time that it's taking. I've kind of like taken a bit of time off. I worked on some other projects and things, but I'm back now and I've got a few interviews in the can. I hope you don't hear too much noise. The wind is absolutely pumping outside here today. It's like about 60 kilometers an hour whizzing past uh, our haste at the moment. So I apologize if you hear anything. My intros are pretty short, so it doesn't really matter, does it? So then, join me as I talk with Jenny Fernley, Director and Designer at Peachy Interiors Limited. Jenny is originally from the UK. After finishing further education, followed by a quick holiday in New Zealand, Jenny discovered a love for Wellington. Fast forward 16 years, Jenny's still here with a family of six, her partner Damon, two children, a dog and her interior design business, Peachy Interiors. Let's enjoy this chat with Jenny Fernley. Jenny Fernley, thank you very much for my uh, Gemai Chai tea. You're welcome. And uh, and for taking part in the Wellington Hustle interview project. Thank you. And for taking some time me. to share your experiences with the Wellington Hustle community. Thank you for um, having me. Okay, so you could just give a, a quick rundown of where you're from. Right, my name's Jenny. I own Peachy Interiors Limited, a Wellington interior designer. I originally set up the business as a way of getting back into interior design after being off work having kids and found that having my own business I could kind of call the shots on my own time and be able to be there for the kids in the afternoon so they could still go to kindy, I do my work during the day, hang, hang out with them in the afternoon and then catch up in the evening with work. So that was the motivation behind setting up the business rather than becoming an employee with an interiors or architecture firm. And were you um, doing that before the children? Yeah. Where absolutely. was that here? In yeah, Wellington well? in Wellington. Yeah, I worked. How long have you been here? I've been here sixteen years now. Okay, so you're mm. quite you're quite Kiwish by now as well. Yeah, I actually <laughs> applied for citizenship huh. this year, so that's one of my my ambitions this year is to get the Kiwi passport. But you've been a permanent resident for over ten years now, so. What's a quick overview of leading up to Peachy Interiors? Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I studied interiors in the UK um, in my early 20s. So I had a break after leaving school. I knew what I wanted to do, but didn't quite get the opportunity until I was in my early 20s to get myself into tertiary education. So did my studies, graduated and came to New Zealand on holiday. And I got to Wellington and loved it and didn't leave. Yeah, And I've had various jobs in and around the construction industry that weren't quite interiors until about 12, 13 years ago. I went to work for Vorstermans Architects in Wellington as their interior designer um, and also helped the, the owner of the firm do his contract admin and look after the, the project on site. So that gave me a load of experience dealing with contractors and he also had me doing the accounting and the marketing so he basically set me up to be able to run my own business he gave me all of the tools to be able to do that um, which was an awesome opportunity what did your vision look like when you first started your venture it's a really tricky question because I think there's two parts to it really the first is yeah I wanted to get back into what I'd trained to do and I wanted to do it in a way that I could work around the kids and I wanted to not be answerable to a boss in terms of time off and because my kids are always going to come first if yeah. one of them was sick I just didn't want to be an unreliable employee and have that to deal with and rushing to get into the city if I could work around them and from home mm. yeah so that was one part of it and the other part of it is I'm 
I'm, I, I'm learning how to work as a team, but I work better on my own. I've got my vision that I want to achieve and um, being my own boss really facilitates that. Yeah. yeah. Polite way of saying Polite. I don't share my toys very well. <laughs> I don't play with others very well. No. <laughs> Team player. <laughs> yeah, I've tried and I think, you know, I do okay at it, but I'm happier mm. being my own boss. Well, I guess it's good to go and be a team player at those times when you you have the energy for it. And I think, you know, working with these drafting companies, it is a t- team effort and a collaborative approach, but the dynamic's different because I've got my own business and my own company and but I don't feel like boss lady at all, but I do feel more empowered to say what I think, yeah. why I think it, um, because it is my vision that we're trying to achieve. God, that sounds egotistical. <laughs> it's absolutely not intended <laughs> to sound like that. Yeah, so I had two visions, really, mm. you know, and I think they both really worked worked together quite well. When was it that you started? Were you in on your own? It was 2018. How did you, like, initially, how did you go about sort of getting your name out there uh, or yeah. and finding clients? Or was it just because you'd been in the industry in Wellington for a while, you already had yeah. some... Yeah, we've got a lot of contacts. Mm. You know, Wellington architecture and design community is pretty close knit. Yeah. Um, really helpful that Damon is an architect as well. Mm. So he'd kept in contact with, you know, all his varsity crew yeah. and people that he'd worked with. And we just started putting out there that I was looking for work. And one of our mutual friends had some clients that she couldn't. Um, meet their needs in terms of time frame for and she said I know talk to Jenny and so she introduced us and it was an awesome project they're great people Um, it was quite a big project to so I had to jump in with both feet take a deep breath yeah put on my big girl pants and just get on with it because I didn't have the infrastructure behind the business you know I didn't have my zero I didn't have my drafting software I didn't have anything but I was like yep I can do this and um, I still had builder contact so brought a builder on board and off we went. And from that project, I got new clients. So um, one of the suppliers became a client, their neighbor's friend became a client, and then that person put me onto another person, and it's just been word of mouth since yeah. then. It's kind yeah. of snowballed. Yeah, I haven't done any advertising <laughs> at all. I'm terrified to advertise. I'm so busy now, mm. just with word of mouth. And I think that's the best way. Yeah, well, you don't need to advertise, I suppose. Like if. Um... If that's rolling yeah. nicely, if the yeah. jobs are coming in, yeah, especially, I think, especially no, if you're too busy anyway. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where, you know, I'm going to have to take another big deep breath and think about bringing on staff because mm. I want to, I never like to turn down a client. Um, I'm having to say, yeah, I can work with you. I'd love to work on your project but it'll be three months before I can start it. And I think that's getting a bit long. I think once people make the contact with you, they're ready to get going. It takes a lot of time for a a couple to, you know, decide, yeah, we're going to do this alteration or renovation. And once they make that contact, they want to carry on and you need to keep that momentum going for them. Otherwise, it just gets a bit hard. So, yeah, if you say, yeah, I'd love to work with you in three months time it's yeah. just a bit you know <laughs> maybe a month is a good one so i need to bring someone on even if it's just do all the project admin stuff and supplying product and sampling and that kind of thing so i can keep designing 
Yeah, well, that's yeah. it, isn't it? I guess if your um, love is in the actual creation of the side of things and if you can yeah. bring someone in to help that, then yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love all aspects of the job and I am a control freak yeah. as well. So it is going to be a really d big, deep breath yeah. doing that and relinquishing some of the control and putting the trust in somebody else for my baby. You know, yeah. my business is another one of my babies. So yeah. I'm really proud of my business and really proud of the reputation that I'm building and you know bringing in a team member is quite daunting for me at the moment because yeah. they've got to carry on that they don't have to have the same passion you can't expect somebody else to do that but yeah you want them to have a similar sort of attention to detail yeah, and things like that for sure attention yeah. to detail for <laughs> that's, sure that's, that's like it. crucial <laughs> <laughs> how did you deal with any early setbacks dealing with the setbacks is is just a daily thing and I think I've just push on through get my head down and push through try and find solutions I am a solutions kind of person and so there are setbacks whether it's something's not going to arrive in time how are we going to work around that the bench tops cracked when it goes in how are you going to deal with that those are your day-to-day -day kind of setbacks that you deal with larger setbacks like getting bowel cancer a year yeah. and a half ago that would be, <laughs> that was a different kind of setback and that literally that everything setback, screeched really. yeah. to a halt yeah that was a complete reset yeah. and i'm really lucky like all my clients are awesome yeah i'm and they all have lovely friends who become my clients and so everyone was really understanding and you know you do become friends with your clients because for me, my projects can take a couple of years to come to fruition. You really get to know people and you're dealing with their homes, which is very personal to them. And so when something really personal happened to me, they were on my team immediately. Yeah. And they're like, yep, Jen, we'll wait. You're going to get through this. You're going to do this. And so, yeah, it, the focus shifted completely away from work and to getting well and looking after my little people. That's yeah. uh, definitely a setback to uh, <laughs> end all setbacks. Yeah, with, exactly. That puts everything into perspective too, I imagine. Yeah, it like, really has, you know. Coming back to work, it's been, gosh, I was at work for six weeks after, after finishing chemo and then we went into lockdown. So it was kind of like down with the chemo, that sucked. And then, right, let's get on with this. I'm really fired up. I really want to, you know, conquer the world and kind of ran at everything a bit too too fast yeah with a bit too much enthusiasm because i didn't have the reserves of energy built yeah. back up yet after after that onslaught and then lockdown happened and it was actually a bit of a blessing because i got to stop again and go we've got another opportunity here to start right yeah just take the time and my amazing clients mostly put their projects on hold yeah. because they didn't know what their final financial situation was going to be um and that was a bit of a blessing. Yeah, I got right. to regroup, joined the sourdough nation of New Zealand, <laughs> <laughs> um, hung out with the kids and just, you know, I had the energy to be with my children rather than being sick mm. and them being around me. So that was awesome to be, yeah. Describe a time when you wanted to give up and how did you conquer it? Well, yeah, you know, I'd been unwell for a while and knew something was off. Yeah. And so I just needed the doctors to catch up and come to the party really on that so i was ready for the diagnosis i knew kind of knew what was going on having it confirmed was a real blow um and i gave myself a day to have a bit of a pity party oh, yeah, yeah. yeah i yeah. had my day feeling yeah. sorry for myself had a bit of a cry and the next day i was like right screw this 
you ain't gonna win <laughs> I'm gonna deal to this and I was really lucky once you're in the hospital system here Wellington Hospital's got an amazing um, surgical team so my surgeon gave me a date on diagnosis for when that thing was going to get chopped out and I was just carried through the system um, I never really wanted to give up yeah. But initially, I I thought I might die, um, and so literally. That's the worst kind of giving up. What <laughs> dying? Yeah. What an yeah. excuse! <laughs> I, I just you know it sounds awful to think, but I didn't want to leave my partner with a business to untangle, yeah, and stuff to sort out. And so, you know, my clients were all like, "We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you." For the first two weeks, I was like. I don't know what they're waiting for. I might die. Like <laughs> they might have to, I'm trying to find them other people to to take on the project, not not put it on hold. Um, but trying to get well, just trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to not die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so once I got over that and kind of understood that I'd probably be okay. You know, I think I think my um, I, I never wanted to give up. Mm. I was just dealing with the next thing that came up. And as my understanding of my diagnosis evolved, so did my plans for the future. Um, probably the easiest way of putting it. But yeah. I never wanted to give up, Yeah. really. I think, you know, if you're given some news like that, giving up doesn't really come into it so much. It is what it is. And you just take it a step at a time. Did you change your lifestyle at all? Totally, yeah. totally. I mean, I'd been dabbling Bleeding with question. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I'd been dabbling with plant-based diet for on and off for years, and the reason that came up was because I had loads of digestive issues, mm. and I tried gluten-free, I tried fodmaps, dairy-free combination of those things, which left very little to eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fodmaps, you know, you should just be given a list of things you are allowed to eat, not a list of what's not allowed, because it's just ridiculous. Didn't work anyway. Um, and I just, you know, delved deeper and deeper into, you know, eating healthily and, yeah, started on that plant-based journey um, and really in earnest after chemo. I think it was really hard during chemo to eat a plant-based diet because I just wanted to vomit all the time. I felt so gross. It was just a miracle that I could eat anything. And so whatever I craved just went in just to get the energy in. But after that finished, yeah, plant-based all the way. I'm not like staunch as I'll have a bit of tea, a bit of milk and a cup of tea occasionally or, yeah. you know, but I think the essence of it is just crowd out the rubbish with plants and you'll feel better. And I actually do. So yeah. it works for me. The Wellington Hustle Interview Project is sponsored and created by Timson Co. Are you a Wellington hustler? Then support the podcast and level up your brand for 2021 with one of my awesome headshot sessions. Go over to my website, timson.co, and click book now at the top of the page and receive $150 credit when you mention the Wellington Hustle Interview Project podcast. And now back to the interview. What traps did you fall into on your journey? I am a yes, of course I can do that for you kind okay. of person. And yeah. I'm not setting realistic targets really targets is that the right word but you know saying yes I can do that and not wanting to disappoint people and let them down and running myself ragged mm. yeah so I've learned learning it'll be a constant learning journey I think of understanding how much time it takes to do a project got a good example okay so my first big project oh, yeah. the first one, the very they, first one. Um, it I... was it was a perfect storm yeah. of 
roadblocks, that's not really the word, but issues that came up. Um, they are really... Puzzles. Um, yeah, puzzles. <laughs> yeah, no, the clients are really um, driven and motivated people. And they bought this awesome house and it needed a lot of work. And they got in touch with me in June. I set my company up in June. So I got in touch and they wanted to have the upstairs of the project done by Christmas. So that's a pretty tall order to do a full alteration and get it documented through council and built. But, you know, we worked backwards from the deadline and I got a builder on board early and we worked back to when we needed to get the consent through and we, we got there. But it nearly killed a lot of people getting <laughs> there and the end result wasn't worth it because it was rushed so much mm. that the quality and the workmanship wasn't as good as it should have yeah. been, really. Because the you know, the builders were put under a lot of pressure. And they did um, underestimate the complexity of the project at the early design stage too. So they didn't really allow us enough time or themselves enough time. The client. Um, no, the builders, the builders yeah. you know, we brought them on board early yeah. to say, this is what we want to do. How long do you need? When shall we start? You know, and we worked, like I say, backwards mm. from there and we, it was too tight. And I think the lesson learned was don't try and meet unrealistic targets. It's better to be honest and disappoint in that regard. But once the project's in and built and the quality of the work isn't there, you're left with that forever. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, one thing like um, boss Rob taught me that I come back to time and again is if you can have two of three things in a project and be on time, can be on budget and, <laughs> yeah. and it can be a good quality. You can't have all of those. You've got to pick two. That's a good old what classic uh, design triangle, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And what, you know, <laughs> on time, I will always make let things take longer and suggest people be patient and let it take its course so that you get the best quality. Or if you're really stuck for time, it's going to cost to get there. Ultimately, but you can't have it. You can't have it all. Um, and that has been proven true time and again. Get the design work right and really critique what it is that you're wanting to do um, before you dig the dirt the first time, you know, before you get into it. Yeah, so big lesson. And how, uh, just be upfront with yeah. people. I was going to say, how did that work play out with the client in the end? You know, they're really, they're, they're really unhappy about certain aspects of the project mm. and the builder did come and fix a number of them, but, you know, they're still left with architraves that are not, quite straight in some places and for the husband in that couple particularly he's like me he can't unsee the details <laughs> yeah. you know and it pisses him off every time he walks past that um, we're going into stage two of their project we're going to do downstairs so this is how patient these guys are, you know, it's Well, you're still, still on the job, so that's still cool. Still on the job, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, three years later, we're embarking on stage two, but we went back to the concept and really critiqued that project, learned a lot from upstairs and completely redesigned what we were doing downstairs. Mm. Yeah, it's just down to, it is down to planning, but also being open and realistic too. You, you can have a vision and an end goal in mind, but just being flexible enough to get that to change mm. as the facts change along yeah. the way, yeah. you know, roll with punches. So yeah. what inspires and motivates you? I think I've just got this inbuilt desire to 
play around with houses. Yeah. Ultimately, like I think it's an innate thing. When I was really little, I was obsessed with drawing floor plans. Before I even knew what the word floor plan was, I was drawing them and making floor plans with Lego and rearranging my bedroom. I don't know how many times I rearranged my bedroom with the same <laughs> lot of furniture and came up with interesting and unique different ways of layouts. Drove my parents to distraction. With it. You know, I should have been asleep and they'd hear the bed scraping along the floor, like, go to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, I just, it's just in me yeah. to, to do this. Um, and, you know, we were talking about the the kind of the, the circles and they overlap in the middle. Mm. I can't remember the name of that, but I think part of what motivates me is you've got all of these different um, pressures on a project. Well, pressures is maybe the wrong word, but desires to meet on the job. And that's what the client wants, what the client can afford, what suits the house. Um, what you want. And what I want, yeah. ultimately. Well, not ultimately, you know, that's one. I think that's probably one of the final things. Put them things. all together, ultimately. You put them all, <laughs> yeah, and then ultimately you put them all together and there is a little nugget in the middle that ticks all those boxes and it is different for every job and it is so exciting to me to find what really makes people it's almost like a puzzle getting to that little bit in the middle it sure is Mm. absolutely you know i love do you like puzzles I actually I do. I'm a bit of a, you know, I like my jigsaw puzzles. I like Sudoku. Yeah, no, I'm a, a puzzler. But no, I, I love, I'm fascinated with people and dynamics and how a husband and a wife or a wife and a wife or whatever work together. What draws them together and the way they want to live and trying to draw that out of them. Because some people don't actually, they think they know what they want and you can hear that. And then understand what they actually want and what's going to work for the house. And, you know, you've got pressures on what you're allowed to do with the house as well um, and what they can afford to do. So, yeah, just teasing all of those things out and creating a solution for people. I love and that just that's what gets me out of bed every day. It's like that big deal of reward once it sort of clicks together. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing people really excited Mm. about what their home's going to be like once they've done it. So can you describe a breakthrough that you're particularly proud of? I think it is learning to trust my own voice and mm. my own views. I think that's been a big breakthrough probably over the last six to eight months is not doubting myself as much, you know, backing myself, I think. Um, and it's a really great feeling. I think that's been my biggest breakthrough to date. Um, and that's... You know, I've only been in business for three years. I consider that, you know, I'm still in infancy stage, really. Um, this is what I'm going to do until I'm not working anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and so this my my business is, I've got visions for it, where I want it to go. Um, but having the confidence to back myself mm. suddenly. Yeah, I think having a few more projects under my belt where I have seen them from start to finish. Mm. And there are always lessons to learn. And I've had enough lessons now to have learned a few things and know when to back myself and when to take advice from other sage people that I have around me, which I'm really lucky to have quite a team of. You know, I do work with architects on their projects and they bring me in. And so they're really useful people to um, call on for advice and... Yeah, so knowing when to back yourself and knowing when to get advice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely knowing when to get advice. Yeah, yeah. 
So you were saying that uh, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. This is what you're planning on doing until you get fed up. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, like you know, until I retire, exactly. until I don't want to work do anymore. Plan? Yeah, exactly. Until you yeah. don't want to work anymore. Like I've kind yeah. of, sometimes I think that retire is a bit of a leading word. Maybe. It's interesting now. I think I have a different perspective on the retirement yeah. question now because the world of work's changed so much. Yeah. You know, yeah. we. And if you're enjoying yourself, why stop? <laughs> it doesn't feel like work no. to me. Like I get really tired and need to learn how to rest more and switch off. I'm yeah. just like, uh, I feel. I don't feel like I'm on a treadmill, but yeah. I act like I'm on a treadmill. Mm. And, and, you know, once the kids have gone to bed, I'm often back at my desk. I'll just do this and I'll just do that. And before you know, it's 9.30 and yeah. I'm like, ah, I just love, I'm just, yeah, really love what I do. So, yeah, I can't imagine going to work somewhere else and I can't imagine doing anything different, yeah. you know, in a different industry. Um, there's n- I've got my hobbies, which are different, yeah. but there's no burning desire to go off and do something else. I just want to get really good at what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I'm my own worst critic, mm. particularly at 3.30 in the morning. But I think that's actually, a, it's been a real positive for me as well, because I, I'm not, you know, giving myself a pet on the back saying how awesome you're doing so well. It's a, what can you do better? Yeah. How could you have improved on that next time? And not in a mean way, you know, I think I used to be like that in my 20s and just really put myself down in my own head. Um, but I think a bit of experience and maturity and, and things kind of kicking in now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all the health issues and stuff, just learning to be kinder to myself, but not letting myself off the hook either, you know, just I think I have to you have to be objective about what you're doing and why you're doing it and you know, mm. search for that improvement. What do you see as being your biggest lesson? There's been a few, and we've probably touched on them a little bit yeah. earlier, like not overcommitting and saying yes to things. Um, not yeah, the, the deadline one's probably been my biggest lesson. Not promising to achieve a deadline because there are so many unforeseen things. Um, and I'm sure clients don't really want to hear that you can't meet a deadline that they've got in their mind. Mm. Um, and if somebody else can do it and they go off and find them, then that's great, all yeah. power to them. But yeah. I don't want to be the one to let them down. You don't need to put that pressure on yourself either. And and I don't want to let them down. Mm. Yeah, putting that pressure on myself. Yeah, I was sick with stress mm. on, on the project we talked about earlier. I'm literally sick with stress. And I think that's what brought on my bowel cancer mm. symptoms sooner. I mean, that thing had been in there for years. Mm. Um, but I think that really sped up it's mutation nastiness going on in there um, because it was toxic level of stress yeah. um, but for the clients you, you want to give them the best result and if that means just waiting a bit longer to get the right result then that's the way to go every single time yeah so yeah that's big, biggest lesson for sure has your vision always been clear and how has um, it evolved? It has evolved. Um, I have always had a clear vision. I, I am quite a visual person because of the work I do. Um, and I've got constantly got pictures in my head of what my business is going to look like and what it should look like. And the vision at the start was to be able to work from home, to be around my kids, to have some kind of fulfilling work while parenting. Mm. Um, and to bring some money in because I hadn't been contributing for a few years. Yep, I that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and the guilt. It's just I like know. I'm the one who spends the money and I'm not the one that brings it in. It's just, ooh. So, yeah, definitely. And also wanting to have some space in my brain for my own thing. So 
Um, now my vision is to get a studio space in Miramar. Mm. Um, so it's got shop frontage, a bit of free advertising for me, but an appointment only kind of place where clients can come and see me if need be, but it's mostly for suppliers to drop off materials, to come and see me, for me to keep things out of the house, yeah. you know, yeah, right. to keep that separation from mm. work and home. I'm getting to the stage where that's next. And I'd love to have my own range of furniture. Yeah. yeah. Early on when you were talking about sort of working at your business until whenever yeah. you decide that you, want to, or whatever, you yeah. want to do something else. Yeah. Is that part of your vision? Is it more of a lifestyle type business or do you imagine it growing it's a bit bigger of both. and bigger? A bit it's of a bit of both. I do yeah. want to get bigger and have a team mm. of people um, so that we can take on different projects. Yeah. I do want to stay within the residential mm. framework, you know, the, the residential market. But yeah, I would like to get a bit bigger. Maybe three or four people, tops. You know, I still want to have... I I think bringing on staff means that you could potentially also manage time better. Freeze me up a bit better, absolutely. Because I can't be creative if it's grind all the time. There's got to be time where you go out and seek inspiration, doing completely unrelated things. Yeah. Life's it's it's a fifty fifty, you mm. know. I do want to grow more, but I also never want to lose sight of that lifestyle mm. um, where I get to hang out with my kids and yeah. I don't need to put them in holiday programs in the holidays because we we hang out and I work in the evenings just to keep the ball rolling. But I don't make any big leaps in progress on projects during the holiday. It was one of the reasons I started my business. Mm. Really, the, one of the motivating reasons for being my own boss is I didn't need to continually yeah. take the Easter holidays off or whatever yeah. the winter holidays I'm just off yeah. and I'm not available to do work I'm available on the phone and I'll check my emails and I'll keep the projects rolling but it's a nice space to like a, it's a head space really isn't it I mean you know back onto the vision thing mm. in in terms of growth and measuring I'm just not into that kind of thing I've got a vision for where I want to be and the path to get there is a bit of a zigzag because that's just reality. You can set yourself up for failure, I think, if you think it's going to be a straight line from A to B. Yeah. It's just not reality. And I'm not going to get myself down and worked up. As long as I've got an end goal in mind, I will find a way to get there. You know, And I'm not going to run against the stream doing it and giving myself a hard time. In time, I will get to where I need to be. Yes, I'm my own boss, but I do work for somebody I work for my clients yeah and so I've got lots of bosses yeah if you think of it in that way <laughs> yeah you know it's all that service it is mm. it is yeah. what would you do differently if you had to start again from scratch do you know what I don't think I'd do anything differently yeah. I know cool. that sounds like a really I don't know boring answer you quite a few people that say that and I, I think it's because they're I can't think of it happening any other way hmm. I just can't imagine it yep. panning out any other way I had my vision that I wanted to achieve to start with and we talked about being able to bring in some pennies and hang out with my kids and yep. um, th- that's the way it had to be and a few people had a hard time accepting that at the time um, but that just uh, made me dig my heels in further and I really knew yeah. yeah, what I wanted to achieve. and yeah. yeah. So, no, I don't think I would. But I think that's probably because I can't imagine how it could have panned out any differently. And it probably would have panned. And if you were able to go back and do it again and try things different, it's going to 
It's going to do something else anyway. Totally. It's like Back to the Future, isn't yeah, it? And yeah. it just melts with my brain. I don't think I've got yeah. All right, then. So that's all the questions, really. Awesome. And so the most important question is yeah. uh, like for people that want to learn more about you or yeah. chat to you or whatever, where can they find you? I have a website mm, with all my contact details <laughs> yeah. on. Um, it's a constant work in progress, but that's peachyinteriors.co.nz. Lovely. You can find me on Instagram um as well if you want to follow my stories i try and post as regularly as i can in stories and um, these stories mainly on uh... starting to just because it's more of a visual diary yeah. and yeah. then i'm going to try and save my page for finished projects yeah. um, and that's you know the kind of work i do isn't insta it's not quick no. and it can take a couple of years yeah. from you know that initial concept to getting it yeah, right. finished so and of... then photographed so it's a bit of a drip feeding again at the moment because you know it stopped for a bit and then there was lockdown and then we're really just getting going again so... well, I imagine Instagram is for you is just it is like a load of behind the scenes oh, day yeah. to day what's happening absolutely yeah. it's yeah so the the stories is great for that behind the scenes of what I'm up to mm. but also behind the scenes behind the scenes yeah. it's a really useful tool for me to follow what other people are doing yeah. and where fashions and trends are going Insta. Instagram yeah. I don't know if you shared your um, handle on Instagram yeah that's peachy interiors yeah peachy interiors mm. yeah, that's peachy go. interiors all right. Simple. <laughs> thank you very much for taking the time. Cool. Thank you for having me. Hey, Jenny. Thanks again for sharing your story of the Wellington Hustle community. I love the way that you have designed your business to work for you and your family. Setting clear boundaries, giving your clients the expectation that you really value family time and that you'll be less accessible during the school breaks. For you, the listener, what have you taken away from Jenny's interview? Please share in the comments over at the Wellington Hustle website. I'll be adding links there for all the resources mentioned above in the interview. You'll also find Jenny's contact details should you want to reach out and start a conversation. Just head over to the website, wellingtonhustle.co, and you will find Jenny there. If you're enjoying these interviews, then please spread the word, share with your friends, or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the Wellington Hustle interview project to be found by others. If you're interested in being interviewed for the project, or you have somebody in mind that would be a great fit, then please, please, please send me an email on tim at timson.co, or head to the Timson Co. website, click on the Wellington Hustle link from the menu, and choose Join Wellington Hustle from the drop-down. Thanks so much again for listening, and until next time, keep on hustling.